As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Lou Tartaglia and he goes by Lou by those who love him. Right and care for him, so he invited me to call him Lou today. Okay, he's a board-certified sleep medicine specialist at the Toledo Clinic. He's an author. He's an inspirational speaker, uh, speaking on issues of character transformation. Uh, Doctor T is committed to helping others achieve their full potential. BC Nation, I brought him on the show today. It's very timely. It's very relevant. He wrote a book called Last Gift of the Magi. Well, yeah, as you figured, it's about Christmas. This show is airing on Christmas Eve in 2022. So uh, he's going to get into it. He's going to tell us why he wrote the book. He's going to tell us why God called him to this. What the What is the book about? And most importantly, how is this relevant to your life, to your kids, to your parenting, to your relationship with God? All these things and so much more he's going to get into. And just a little background on this, this gentleman that goes by Lou. Uh, he served as a contributing editor at Success Magazine. He's the author of several books, including The Great Wing, a book uh, on character flaws called Flawless, The Ten Common Character Flaws and What You Can Do About Them. And um, he's written a powerful business book, Heart to Heart, The Real Power of Network Marketing. Uh, his book Flawless has been published in nine languages. He's written a prequel of Zorro called the Zorro Memoirs in Italian published in Italy. Uh, and then with Father Angelo Scalazzi, I probably didn't say it right, founder of the Brotherhood of the Word, uh, Dr. T. Lou has created an audio program about Mother Teresa entitled Thirsting for God, the Spiritual Lessons of Mother Teresa. He's optioned two screenplays, and in his spare time, which he probably has so much of, uh, he's a fencing coach. There you go. That's Dr. T or Lou in a nutshell. Uh, Dr. T, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. Welcome. Uh, go ahead and just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, so I was with uh, Father, Father Angelo in Rome. We were setting up a rehab for uh, Mother Teresa, and he had to do some research. He took me to a 
uh, an old library at the University Universita Católica, the Catholic University. And we went in and I had nothing to do. So I started just looking at some of the old books. And I found a um, an encyclopedia from the 1800s that listed 12 magi, not three. And then it listed um, the Latin version was, um, I think, eight or nine. And I got this idea that I'd write a little short story about the fact that there were 12 magi, because if the magi arrived, 12 of them arrived with their servants and their entourage, it would have been this huge caravan. And it really would have made a big splash in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And and so I I started to I just think about how important that was to to put it into perspective. And then little by little, the book evolved. At the time, I was um, really good friends with Ogmandino, um, who was an inspirational author, sold 150 million books, uh, The Greatest Miracle, The Greatest Salesman. And um, he was mentoring me on my writing. I sent him the manuscript and he called me and said, well, babe, I threw it in the garbage. He was from uh, uh, New Hampshire, you know, he had a little bit of that Northeast uh, accent. And he told me to start all over. So I started all over. And then eventually I wrote this story. Um, It was pretty good. I had the success with the other books and I tried to get the book published and none of my other publishers wanted a Christmas story that involved Jesus and the Magi. Go figure. Go figure. I put it aside. And then um, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, Mark Victor Hansen asked me if I'd be willing to bring it back out. And I said, I didn't like the theology. I'd grown a lot. I spent a lot of time in adoration, uh, reading theological books. And um, I decided it really needed to be revised, rewritten, polished. So I did that over the last couple of years. And then we brought it out uh, through Mark Victor Hansen's publishing company. And immediately it became um, the uh, number one book in religious historical fiction for like a couple of days. And then uh, the number one book in spiritual gifts, Hmm. uh, which was uh, really quite delightful. And we started to get uh, feedback on the book that uh, people were um, contacting me to let me know that they were crying at the end, which I I, I didn't expect at all. I I, I really didn't. It was, it's a story about a camel that decides he wants to discover his purpose in life and discover his inner strengths. And so he goes on a caravan and winds up with the Magi. And through the adversity in the desert, uh, through the the huge storm that he has to face, I was able to use it as a metaphor for um, spiritual direction, um, Mm. the dark night of the soul, Mm. and a little primer uh, for teaching virtue. And and that's, that's how the book got started. Now you, you elected to use a fable as your teaching tool. Why? Well, I used to be a psychiatrist many years ago, and often we would tell stories. And fables have the ability to bypass the conscious resistance. So if you're trying to teach somebody something and you teach them through a fable, they're more likely to accept the principles. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I would do that. 
Um, I had already written another book and that was never published. It was a biography of St. Francis um, told by the two turtle doves that were living um, in a uh, in a fountain near the Portziuncola. And I realized that what I was doing is I was teaching family values by using the, um, the turtle doves to do it. So I figured telling the story about the camel, it's a, a great way to just bypass all the conscious resistance and let people look at the spiritual principles in the raw from a camel that's struggling with them. Mm. So to be direct, are we the camel? Uh, we are. And you are the last gift of the Magi. Okay. Got yeah. it. Now, I'm guessing this book is not really directed specifically towards children, but also towards no, their it's, parents. It's, it's not a children's book. It's um, young adults to adults. It's a, it's adult self-help <laughs> couched in a, a story of, of the Christ child. Okay. Got it. What, um, where, where did this inspiration come from? Right. There's many different topics you could write on. There's many different writing tools or instruments you could use other than a fable. Why were you inspired with your busy medical practice to go and write this, this book? Like, was this, did this come to you in prayer? Is this something God spoke to you? You sensed him speaking and out of obedience, you're like, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this. Or was it something else? Yeah, well, it, it, in prayer, I, what I normally do is I, I write a little and then I bring it into adoration and look at it and discuss it with Jesus and talk about what I've written and what needs to be changed. That's kind of how I do my writing. I like to go to adoration at lunchtime um, every day and take a break from the practice and and um, settle myself uh, uh, in into his presence. And um, so just a funny uh, thing I'm noticing here is Jesus the editor of this book or what? <laughs> well, he's the he, he's the um, supervising editor. The supervising editor. Got it. Okay, go ahead. You know, I've done that with all my books. Um, I, I, I like to discuss what I'm writing. Mm. And there were some there were some flaws in the theology. Um, and, and then again, I had to make up a theology for the Magi. So I did mm. invent something that would be uh, fun to work with and would tie into the story. Uh, but the real inspiration was I wanted to be able to teach um, how people need to face their struggles and how they need to explore their inner strengths without being preachy, mm -hmm. uh, without telling them what to do. Because in my book, Flawless, um, it, it, it's about character transformation and it's about looking at your character flaws. Um, that's more just standard self-help. A lot of vignettes about my patients and stuff. Um, this, I wanted it to be um, a little bit more fun, um, a, a little easier to um, uh, to take and to face. And the, the fable just seemed like the right way to do it. Mm. You know, I'm trying to think uh, through, uh, you know, some of the work I do, elite men's coaching and uh, some of the topics I got to address with guys, right? It's a lot of self-help stuff and it's looking within into your own inner darkness and stuff right. from the past and trauma and everything and you know taking all that head trash to god 
and and kind of like offering it to him hey would you take this because i right. my strength's not enough and so many guys their natural resistance to admit that they even have all this head trash going on that they're coming home angry blowing up on their wives and kids because they're stressed out at work they're overworked etc and uh it's just fascinating um that we could use something as simple as a fable to possibly bypass that human resistance and right. so that and, they and, get you know, the principle that, that metaphor of the desert where you're taking it one step at a time life is completely tedious and you're struggling all the time it almost never lets up um it, it's a it's a great metaphor for what we face in life um, as we're trying to provide for our families and we're trying to walk the path of righteousness i agree completely it uh it feels like life uh the negative parts of life are relentless like taunting and nagging and they just don't let up um, and so many times, you know, we want to give up. We and, and we're seeing this happening, right? Suicide rate with young people and then men over 40 skyrocketing. It's, it's terrible. It really is. It really yeah. is. So the, the devil is relentless in his um, in his attacks. Mm. You know, it just never stops. What was your favorite chapter in the book to write and why? Um. My favorite part was the um, was the first time he starts to run. The camel. And, yeah, the camel starts to run and he discovers he knew he was fast. And everybody else discovers that this is a camel with enormous racing potential, even though he didn't look like a racing camel. He wasn't big enough. He wasn't tall enough. Um, he didn't have all the features that that he normally has and that that whole scene where he's out racing outrunning the bandits was my favorite one and the second favorite one is the storm at the end the dark night of the soul um because uh, the, the the things that he goes through internally are things that i've gone through that i wanted to characterize the chemical camel as having them so they were my two favorite parts so this camel really is a representation of yourself and the life yeah. you've lived and the experiences you've had. Is that correct? Correct. Got Most it. writing is like that. Yes. Yes, for sure. You know, sometimes we find out we got legs and we didn't even know we had legs. We can right. run. We can be resilient. Um, we can endure suffering far more than we ever thought possible. And we don't know that until we're in it and it's relentless, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Uh, how is your this book, Last Gift of the Magi, really helped people? What have you heard from the public, from the reader? I had somebody call me and tell me that um, the point of the book for him was that no matter how insignificant you think your role is in life, or your status in life. God has a plan for you and God's gonna take care and love you completely as you carry out the function that he created you for. Mm. BC Nation, did he hear that? Pardon me? No, I'm, I'm speaking to my audience, BC oh. Nation, Broken Catholic Nation. I'm asking, did you hear that? Did you hear what Lou just brought to light? It's a reminder, especially as we're headed into Christmas, we're starting a new year. So many of us, we're 
thinking about resolutions for the new year. But first, we got to get through the drudgery of meeting with family over the holidays, not choking that family member that we know we want to just choke in. <laughs> like, we got to get through this. You know, y'all got that person, right? Y'all got that person in your family? I got that person. Lou, you got that person? Everybody has one. Everybody and has one. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes we've been that person right. for the other members in our family. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you trying to choke me? <laughs> I, I think I was that person for my family when I was younger. Really? What was That's the crazy. turnaround in your life, brother? Because you're up to some big things here, okay? Like, where was the transition? Give us a, a quick recap. Uh, into your past of where did God show up in a real and tangible way that made you do a 180 and, and just redirect your life? Well, I was thinking about going to India to interview Mother Teresa. And I put a prayer out. And a guy called me from um, uh, from Oregon that I, I had met at a, at a conference. And um, I think he had a big airline company. And he said, Lou, <clears throat> I'd like to send you to India to interview Mother Teresa. <laughs> and it happened almost immediately after the prayer. And then, of course, the, the interaction with Mother setting up the, um, uh, the two rehabs, one in uh, Rome, Italy, one in uh, Mexico, um, speaking on her behalf um, at the... Uh, town council for Calcutta about um, uh, bringing spirituality into drug treatment mm. um, really started me on the path. And then um, her priest was my son's uh, godfather. So Father Angelo is, um, is Dean's godfather. And little by little, that drew me closer and closer to the church because I was uh, kind of a fallen away Catholic at the, at the time. And um, just one moment at a time, um, uh, things started to change. And then on July um, July 4th, I went out to a, a, a campground to visit some friends. This was back um, a dozen years ago, at least, uh, maybe more. I got the urge to go to adoration. And I was going once a week on Friday uh, evenings. And um, I got this, this feeling that Jesus was calling me to come to adoration. So I drove all the way back to Toledo, to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, went into adoration, and the Eucharist lit up when, mm -hmm. I, when I walked in. I said, Jesus, I'm here. And there was like a burst of light that came from it, as if to say, I was calling you. And from that day on, I went to adoration daily. Uh, I think anyone would. Uh, right. It made all the difference in the world. Wow. All right. So for, for our non-Catholic uh, believers listening to the show, like what is adoration? Because you brought it up three or four times. I don't want to leave people in the dark. What is adoration to you? So the, the, it, the Catholic Church um, knows that the Eucharist, the, the host, is the um, body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus his glorified body hidden in the um in the in the bread and so 
there's a there's a church there's two of them in in um, Toledo that have perpetual adoration where the Eucharist is exposed and you can go in at any time and sit down and talk to Jesus who's present in the chapel he's physically present and so I go there to be with Jesus I go there to discuss my life and discuss the problems I'm having or to make decisions um, that are uh, more weighty uh, I want to run them by Jesus so I go there to adore him um, and to uh, communicate with him. Now, I do want to ask you this personally. Why is just speaking to Jesus in your heart rather than going to see him in a church, a ta- chapel, a adoration in the Eucharist? Why is why is that so important to you? Why not just speak to him in your heart? Why isn't that good enough? I do all day long, but there's a numinosity in the Adoration Chapel. There's a a sense of of awe and wonder in his his presence. Um, Yeah, he's he's present everywhere because he's God. Mm. But he's physically present. Like when he stepped into the upper room uh, after the uh, resurrection. Um, He's that kind of present in Adoration. And there's this, a, a different quality to it. Mm. I like what you said there. I think it's the difference between you and I meeting on Zoom right now, virtually. Right. We're meeting virtually um, versus meeting in person where I walk into your office and shake hands with you, right? Flesh right. to flesh. Um, right. There's nothing like that experience. So that's the understanding for all you non-Catholics out there of what Catholics believe. It's not bad. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to frown upon it. You could just be like, hey, that either resonates with me or it doesn't resonate with me. And and uh, just a little play on words here. The last gift of the Magi, that's what we're discussing in Dr. Lou's book here. Um, you know, maybe Jesus uh, gave us communion, the Eucharist, his real body, blood, soul, and divinity for all of, you know, human existence for the rest of it uh, as his last gift of Jesus, right, to the world. He's like, hey, here's my body. Like, come receive me in person, uh, you know, in the flesh, touch me, so to speak, uh, as often as you want. You know, I'm always here. I will here. be with you until the end of the age. That's right. And he's saying physically, physically, yeah, right, physically. as well. So I didn't mean to go off on a tangent with that, but I know that confuses some people, and I'm here to bring unity, not confusion, okay? So last gift of the Magi, what have we not discussed that you really want to convey to my listeners right now? It's a Christmas parable for all seasons. It's a a book that you can read any time during the year when you're going through struggles. And it's, um, it's light enough that it's a fun read. Uh, but it's deep enough uh, that it'll touch your heart. So that that's really important. Excellent. And listeners, if you're interested in, in getting uh, Dr. Lou's book, Last Gift of the Magi, and you're thinking it's too late, hey, it's Christmas Eve when I'm listening to this episode, or it's Christmas Day, or it's the day after, we got good news for you. Christmas doesn't actually start until Christmas Day. Did you know that? Don't believe the secular commercialization, right? That just wants your money, wants you to start spending a month or two ahead. That's not what we believe as Christians. Jesus' birth, we celebrate on Christmas forward. 12 days of Christmas until Epiphany. Until Epiphany, right? You know what we're doing in my home, Dr. Lou, this year? We're starting a new tradition. We are doing our annual Christmas party. 
for all our friends and family and loved ones on Epiphany. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're doing it post-Christmas. Why? Because we really want to kind of like shine the light on, hey, here's the real Christmas season. Right. It's not before Christmas. And by the time you get to Christmas, you're exhausted. You're mentally, <laughs> spiritually, and financially broke. Right. <laughs> Sometimes. I wear my Christmas ties all the way through the Epiphany. There you go. There you go. All right. So it's not too late to order his book. Uh, you know, get that for you. I'm not here to promote his book. Um, I'm here to offer you the option of, hey, this exists. Did you even know this exists? Uh, this may really resonate with you or your teens. Maybe you, uh, as a parent, as a mom and dad, you just can't get through to your young adult in your home and uh, they're resistant to your, what you're trying to share with them, the principles you're trying to teach them, the love you're trying to give them. And maybe, just maybe, this parable might bypass that resistance. And they may actually hear what you've been trying to say to them for years. I don't know, but maybe. And if there's a possibility, why wouldn't you? All right, Dr. Lou, what have we not shared? What do you want to say? Come on, you're speaking with like all these amazing, awesome listeners. They're in their homes, they're dealing with life, they're dealing with struggles, they're dealing with darkness, and it looks like impending doom all around them, like God's kingdom is losing. Where is God in all this? What's your message to them today? God's got a plan, and you'll see in the book at the very end, you realize the plan for Jamil, the name of the uh, little camel that's so fast, the plan was perfectly laid out even though it looked like it completely fell apart god had it all set up and ready to go and he knows what's going on he knows how to get you home and um, it'll work out now lou if jamil failed one too many times is god's plan over did he no. did he miss out no in fact that right at the very end you'll see a huge a huge failure in the plan and it's the perfect failure because the plan wouldn't succeed without the failure. BC Nation, sometimes you may feel that way. Yeah. You may feel like God gave up on me because I failed one too many times. And I lost my shot. So there is no plan for me now. I had my chance. I missed it. And now what? And you can feel that hopelessness, that despair, the darkness closing in on you in your life. And Lou is reminding us, and I'd like to remind you as well, like, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Believe the truth, right? Look past the feelings, the emotions that hurt, the pain you're feeling. Look past them. Look at the truth that God is always there. And he always gives you another chance. The only time you lose that next chance is after you take your last breath. If you still got breath in your lungs, you have another chance. Get back up. Run to him. Go sit with him. Tell him all the stuff you're dealing with. Cast your burdens on him. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Your strength's insufficient. Why are you still trying to carry everything? What are you doing? It's not working. Right? Admit it. And then go to the one who can help. Lou did this. I did this. Many people are doing this. And we're a bunch of failures. <laughs> God works with the dodos, doesn't he, Lou? 
Yeah, he sure does. You wouldn't know it was God unless he worked with with us that way. I'm reading the uh, biography on Mother Angelica with EWTN, and man, she loved using that term, dodos. Yeah. You know, it's just like God works with the broken instruments, the dodos, man. And it's like, she's one, I'm one, you know? If you feel like a dodo in your life, like you're just, you don't fit in, you don't get things right, then you are the ideal candidate for God doing a big, powerful thing in the world through your life. Like, that's the qualification. That's right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Dr. Lou, what do you want to ask? What do you want to say? What do you mean, what do I want to ask? What do you want to ask? What's on your heart right now? What is the Holy Spirit prompting you to, to say? Oh, pray for the book that it brings souls to Jesus. And that... Um, and pray for the people who read it, um, that that it helps with their transformation. Because ultimately, the transformation is for our character to become more like Jesus's character. It's a transformation in Christ that we're looking for. And, um, and pray for the... Um, pray for the wisdom to care for the people that are associated with you. And ask for an increase in faith, hope, and charity. The world needs more of those three, doesn't it? Yes. For sure. You know, going back to your story of your the major turnaround in your life personally, when Mother Teresa, right, you get to you got to see an authentic Christian life, like on exposition. Right. And there's nothing more transformative or conversion worthy than when you see someone living out holiness in a dark world. Like that light burns so bright and what an honor that you got to see such a holy woman like Mother Teresa. Some people, you know, they saw Mother Angelica, right? And, and they just see these Christian witnesses living out boldly. But BC Nation, stop thinking that you don't qualify for holiness, that it's only for these select few these saintly types of people, the apostle types. That is not true. These are broken sinners, man. Read their 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 pre-conversion stories, and you'll see some of these people are worse than you. Like straight up worse than anything you've ever done, they did. Yeah, God loves the sinner. <laughs> God loves the sinner, loves to convert the sinner. Um, it brings more delight than somebody who's just been holy their whole lives to, to convert the sinner. Yeah, it's the prodigal son story. It's yeah. the older brother is the one that's done right his whole life. And God's like, hey, you're always with me. Everything's good. But did you see your son? The sinner came back. Let's celebrate. And yeah. all of heaven rejoiced. That's what God wants to do with UBC Nation. Okay, we're just speaking with Dr. Lou Tartaglia. Uh, you can find him at tartaglia.com. And uh, that will be in the show notes. Uh, Dr. Lou, before you go, um, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show minus the prizes. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God? Um. Uh, if you've ever been in his presence where you see the glory of God, it'll scare you to death. 
it's so powerful and yeah. yeah. And quite revealing to your own state. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I get that. I believe we're all struggling with uh, something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? Well, I got hit by a car when I was in medical school and I lost my leg and I've been having more of the phantom limb stuff and the, um, and the, the, the leg pain. So I struggle with that every day. Mm. Yeah, I get that. What are you most afraid of? Jeez, I'm not afraid of it, much of anything. I, I'm at the, I think near the end of my life. So I'm just looking forward to keep on keeping on. Uh, I'm afraid I'll lose my humility. That's probably the biggest fear. Um, you do well with a book. I, I tend to get a little bit, um, uh, I, I tend to lose a little bit of my humility. Um, so I, I say prayers about humility every day. Yeah, smart. Very smart. You know, sometimes we could get caught up in self-glory rather than yeah. glorifying God, right? What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Um, watching conspiracy uh, videos. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Um, mm, uh, that they're they want to cling to me because they want um, psychiatric information. And I don't like to, to, to just give that away because it's inappropriate. I hear that. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, that he was completely alive in the Eucharist. If you only knew, you would have ran to him sooner, right? Correct. I hear you. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? I have nothing I'm looking forward to creating. Maybe be more patient with my wife. <laughs> I bet she's looking forward to you doing that. <laughs> What's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, eating late at night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Last minute, late night snacks. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, calm, uh, joyful. And um, fun. I feel I feel that all three of those in this episode. And last question: If you could come back to life after you died, give your family and friends only one piece of advice about God. What would you say to them? He loves you more than you can ever know. Amen. Amen. All right, Doctor. Lou, this is where you get to give my audience, BC Nation, uh, a homework assignment. What is one action they must take this week if they really want to grow closer to God? When something goes wrong, maintain a spirit of gratitude. Mm. And then later in life, you'll see why. It's so true, right? Bible, God teaches us, um, give thanks to God in all circumstances, right. right? Not just the good ones, people. So what is the thing you're going through right now, BC Nation, that is painful? That's really testing you right now. Have you thanked God for that? Have you shown gratitude for that? He's waiting for you to do that before he'll let it pass. 
And if you don't get that message and get that point and learn that lesson this time around, it's going to (laughs) repeat. And next time it may come back even stronger and more painful. I think a few of us can agree with that. All right, BC Nation, have did you enjoy this episode with Dr. Lou? If you did, as much as I did, please go write a five-star review about him and how he showed up today and where God touched your heart and maybe changed your heart in order to better your life. So go write that at uh, Apple Podcasts, go to Stitcher.com, go to BrokenCatholic.com. You could do it right there on the website uh, if we like what you write. We'll read uh, your your five-star review aloud live on the show. Give you a shout-out like I'm about to do uh, right now for, let's see, who's the lucky person? Drum roll, please. It's like picking names out of a hat, Dr. Lou. Here we go. Uh, we're going to go with being a servant from handle BRW928. Thank you for your five-star review. Being a servant, how refreshing. Uh, God bless you for having the courage to be bold at a time when too many of us find it easier to recoil than to evangelize. This podcast, Broken Catholic, to its credit, puts the guest in a vulnerable position. But through that brokenness, we realize that we realize the hope that we have in God. Thank you for doing this for the kingdom. I recommend this podcast for those who think that God isn't present and isn't hearing their prayers. Wow, very relevant. Thank you, BRW928, for your five-star review. And Dr. Lou, where does BC Nation go to find out more about you and pick up the book? What do you got for them? Um, Lastgiftofthemagi.com. Pretty simple. Yeah. Lastgiftofthemagi.com. Uh, go grab your book if you so choose. Dr. Lou, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock? in the morning time is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things you're not keeping your word in the matter you're letting people down maybe your own spouse or kids do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated which is turning into anger are you battling addictions right now are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines if any of these you connect with then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. 
we'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.